Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 70 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the author of the Star Wars-themed grammar book entitled Metaphors Be With You, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Good. Good, <laughs> good. to see you. Also joining us... I get that one. <laughs> metaphors... Uh, yeah, yeah, there okay, you go. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, there you go. Gotcha. Also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? We do not advocate reading the Bible as a metaphor on <laughs> That's this right. podcast. We, we take it literally, but That's that was correct. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Metaphor be with you? Me- metaphors be with wow, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, you oh, know, plural. plural. Yeah, I missed the, plural. Yeah. I missed the S. Yeah. Well, so a, a big night for me last night. The the new trailer for season three of The Mandalorian came out. Oh. So it was very, during the uh, the football game. Okay. So yeah, it was good. It was a good time. I was me. watching the game and I somehow missed that. Yeah, during halftime. It was during halftime. Oh, I fast forwarded. I got. I, I don't blame okay. you. Yeah, <laughs> you were just there to see the guy miss four uh, extra points. That was that, fantastic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think you so set the good. record or something. Yeah, at least something entertaining <laughs> yeah, in that absolutely. game. Wow. Yeah. Man. But anyway, good weekend. How? If I how, had been a betting man, I'd have lost some money yeah. last oh my night. Goodness, yeah. I thought Tom Brady was going to win, but man, yeah. he looked terrible. Yeah. So my favorite thing that I saw online afterwards was uh, remember the old Scooby Doo where they would take the like it's really you know Mr. Yeah, you know, whoever oh, it is. Yeah. How can you forget Someone. That? It was Tom Brady's face, and they took the hood off and. Uh, it was TCU. Oh, <laughs> so, man. <laughs> so, Speaking of which, yeah, nice segue. Uh, yeah, here I we mean, go. Since we last met, gentlemen. What, what happened, Adam? Well, you know, the dog brought it home again. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys watched the game. Oh, my gosh. 65 to was 7. Was it a game? So it was glorious, every yeah. second of it. Yeah. And I almost had everybody turn in their Bibles to Psalm 65-7 on Sunday. <laughs> but, uh, but I figured that might be a bit much. A bit, so, bit on uh, the nose there. My boys were like, Dad, do you even know what that verse says? I'm like, of course, and absolutely not. So we <laughs> looked it up to make sure. And um, Morgan's like, you can't make the whole church read a verse you don't even know what it says. And I was like, yeah, I probably don't need to mess Pro- with everybody that much, yeah. but it still would have been fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 65-7, fantastic. Yeah. Back-to-back national champions. It was amazing. Um, it was so great. I, I, Christy had gone to bed because she was very bored by halftime. And so she she goes, hey, what was the final score? I said, it was 65 to 7, but don't let that fool you. It wasn't that close. Like, I mean, it was it was just unbelievable what, what the dogs did. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Stetson Bennett had a yeah. great game. Love the fact that they got some curtain calls in there for mm-hmm. him and some of the defensive mm-hmm. players. So yep. it was great. Very happy for the dogs. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I, I Me too. Dogs. Yeah. Go dogs. Yeah. Now we have to wait for next season when another one. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Anyway, well, how how was our weekend? Had a kind of a little bit of a longer weekend, but you know, did you guys get up to anything fun or good? Uh, Henry had his first basketball game, okay. so uh, you know we're about five or six games into Jacob's season. So I was dual. I had two games on Saturday. We sure. won both, even though we don't keep scoring one of them. We still won, right? So uh, it was fun getting Henry's season off. I mean, it's like herding cats, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bunch of little first and second graders, mostly first graders, and. Um, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, this time of year for us, Saturdays usually revolve around basketball games, right. and Sundays revolve around church, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, We're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, what about you, Matthew? What'd you do? Well, I went up to Madison, Alabama. Has anybody been there? It's up near Huntsville. No? Uh, we got, went up there. There was like a little D-Now. Okay. Got to play some music okay. with uh, with my band. Yeah. Awesome. And then I went to Bucky's. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't know there was a Bucky's up that way until Matt told I. me this on Sunday. Yeah, that good. was Matt's first experience with Bucky's. Yeah. yeah. It was oh, the, it was the first time you've yeah. been there. Oh, so you've seen the light. Yeah. Okay. It was you, awesome. fantastic. You, the brisket sandwich. We're like, hey, yeah. the band, we're like, hey, we're, we'll meet up there. I didn't see anybody from the band because it's so chaotic. Yeah. And I was like, well... 
everybody will just meet back at the church. <laughs> yeah. I think they're the greatest stores ever. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 yeah there's awesome. one being built down the road near, near Auburn. Uh, near Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so we'll, we'll go over there for like lunch and just we grab a We might do the sandwich. podcast from the parking they, lot there I think one we day. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I went. I was in Texas visiting a friend of mine. And he was like, hey, man, we're going to go to Bucky's. I'd never heard of it. So I'm like, what is that? He goes, you'll just be surprised. So, of course, I go Google it because I'm, I'm not, I want to know what it is. And I'm like, well, you ruined this surprise. Well, I'm like, no, it can't be this gas station. Like, there's no way my friends, we're going to drive like an hour to get to this gas oh, yeah. station. And it oh is. boy, did we. And it was amazing. They Cracker Barrel cookies. meets Costco meets, meets racetrack. Beef jerky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the just, beef jerky was amazing. They yep. had this lemon pepper one. It was great. Yeah. Ooh, it was yeah, awesome. And then nice. they had these little cookies. And I like, my buddy Carson was like, "You you need you need the whole bucket of that." I was like, "I don't." I'm, and I ate the whole thing. Yeah, the you gotta be careful. It, proud of you. It was great. Well, good for you, man. I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah. that that's awesome. And it's on the way to Huntsville. Uh, I guess. Okay, Matt, it was you like said Madison. It's over in Madison, so, Madison, Alabama. All right, somewhere All right. Huntsville. We still haven't made our way up there for a day. Sure, they have so a space camp, a, dude. I went. He to went space to space camp. camp. Yeah, we not told that story in the podcast. Maybe so we uh, have I don't I, know. Yeah, I went to space <laughs> okay, camp yeah, we for a week when I was. This, this was like a, a month ago. He went. Yeah. So no, <laughs> no. But I'm saying we have not gone as a family oh, okay. to take the boys up there. But no, when I was 13 years old, uh, I won an essay writing contest. That's so awesome. And so the winner of the essay writing contest got to go to space camp for free. Okay. So they flew us from Atlanta to Birmingham, <laughs> which is like a 25 nice. minute right. flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, First class. Here we yeah. go. And so uh, my parents put me on a plane as a 13 year old kid by yourself. Oh yeah. To oh, my fly goodness. to space camp. Why and, not? Um, so I get there, and all the other kids that I was at space camp with that week. Like, they wanted to be, like, astronauts. Right. You know, I played baseball and won an essay writing <laughs> contest. That was the extent. Yeah, they're all training to go to Mars I, oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. the dumbest yeah. kid at Space Camp <laughs> by far. It wasn't even close. Oh, my goodness. So the whole, but I had a blast. The okay. whole the whole week is revolved around these simulated missions sure. that you do. Sure, So you have roles that you prepare for and all these different things. And on one of the simulated missions, I was just a weather guy in, in mission control, which is super boring. I wasn't really excited about that. That's the job they give to the dumb kid. But then on the other one, and I somehow finagled my way and, and you know, talked and got my connections going. I got to be in the cockpit. Okay, now we're talking. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So now you're in the cockpit, and halfway through the mission, <laughs> I was in charge of running a bunch of experiments in the lab. Okay. So you go back in the lab, and it's like me and three other kids. They were all like 13-year-old kids, and they've got, like, the people who are running space camp. They're in there because they've got their clipboards, and you're in competition. They're scoring you. Oh, wow. you do, but they can't say anything. Okay. So if you're not doing something right, they're not going to correct you, but they're there to do the evaluations. So anyway— one of the things we were supposed to do, and there was this girl to stay. I wish I knew her. I wish I could remember her name. I don't know who this girl is. So the the girl, like we're we're its team, and there was a chair. I'm not making this up. This chair had like a back to it and a seatbelt. Okay. Which I mean, there's sign number one that something good's about to happen. <laughs> right, right? right. So she sits in the chair, puts on the seatbelt, and when you push this button, the chair starts spinning around. Not fast, okay. but just enough. So the experiment was I was supposed to spin her for 30 seconds, and then take her pulse every minute 10 times for 10 minutes sure so spin her 60 seconds take the pulse wait another minute take the pulse wait like really goofy little thing but this is one of the things well, uh -huh. i misread the instructions oh no and what i thought oh, it no. said was i was supposed to spin her for 60 seconds take the pulse wait a minute spin her again for 60 seconds take the pulse wait so i spun this gal 10 times for 60 seconds. she starts throwing up everywhere man and so i lost our team She's, she was real prepared for space I mean, 
She's like, please don't make me do it again. I'm like, you have no. to. That's what the instructions no. say. You've got to win. This is all I've got. So when I say I was the dumbest kid at space camp, I have evidence to back that up. So anyway, she poor got girl. sick. Yeah, poor girl. Oh we God. lost. Um, I still got a cool T-shirt out of the deal. But it was an amazing experience. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, all that to say, when you said Huntsville, I got a lot of yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. at some point, we're going to take the boys up there and tour Space Camp because it is an awesome place. It, there's like a name for it, right? The United States Space and Rocket Center? Yeah, Space Rocket. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll go up there, grab a few T-shirts, and um, that'll be fun. Spin around, around, hey, hey, spin around hey, Henry, chair. chair. <laughs> Listen to old dad tell yeah. some Space Camp oh, stories. Man, that's good. It was awesome. That's awesome. Great experience. Oh, well, good yeah. for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, we, I have not heard that story. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember you telling me you went to space camp. I love the fact that you won an essay to get there, though. So, like, what was the essay on? Do you remember? It was on lasers. Space. On lasers. Oh, lasers. Yeah. So, it was for science. Which your dad sold lasers, My dad right? yeah. built lasers okay. and sold them. So, I go home and told my parents I wanted to write this essay. So, my dad's like, why don't you write about lasers? And he started explaining to me. So, I wrote about lasers. And yeah, that's what won. That's awesome. won the contest. That's awesome. It's the, fir- the, it's the first thing I ever space prayed for. Space camp and lasers. This is great. <laughs> and, and, and my prayer life went through the roof because I, I really wanted to go. And my mom said to me, me, have you asked, have you talked to God about this? Yeah. And I remember just seeing this 13 year old kid, I go, wow. I, I can't talk to God about space camp. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, yes, you can. I, and I, I thought like, well, you pray to God about missionaries and right. you know, a mm-hmm. lot of other yeah. more important things, not going to space camp. And, and my mom said, is it important to you? And I said, yes. She said, well, it's important to God. You should talk to him about it. Yeah. And so that really was the starting point of my prayer life wow. because I got on my knees every night and asked God, God, I mean, really terrible prayer. <laughs> Please help me go to space camp. Listen, I went I to space go camp space because camp. God answered my prayer, well, not yeah. because I won right, an essay right, writing right. contest. Yeah. And so it grew my faith yeah. like exponentially. And then I went there and messed up the missions. But that's not the that, point. The point is the point really, you got there. And I used to tell students all the time when I was a student pastor, you know, if you ever pray a prayer that God answers, I'll never have to encourage you to pray again. Hmm. It, you'll get hooked. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden, you're like, wait a second, God involved himself in the details of my life. Yeah. And so that was a, a, a formative experience for me <laughs> that uh, also had some other issues that came about. But yeah, yeah. kind of a fun story. And You might say that Space Camp made his prayer life take off. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Here we go. I there we go. go. I should have yeah. known. That's where yeah. it is. <laughs> he teed it up for him, man. I did. Uh, so lobbing it. Speaking of this weekend, I want to brag on our folks a little bit and what God's doing through them. So uh, everybody, you know, shift gears a little bit. People know about the storms that came through last Thursday, right. uh, the tornadoes and all the, the destruction that happened in Selma and Tauga County. We had on both, I believe it was Saturday and then also on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, disaster relief teams going out from Vaughn Forest Church. I think yesterday, so yesterday was Monday as of recording this, uh, we had 25 folks went out there. I all saw ages. some pictures yeah. on social media. Yeah. So and, and Thank I, you to everybody who did yeah, that. Yeah, that was incredible. I talked to Norm. He said over the week. I think there were six different homes they were able to go to get trees removed, minister to families. And so, man, what, what an incredible thing that was that was That's able to awesome. happen through our teams. Love it. Yeah, I love the fact that people are stepping up. I love the fact there were kids there helping out. And yeah. uh, it's just it's just so neat. That's so, great. Yeah, it's cool to see what God's doing uh, through Vaughn Forest Church. But speaking of the weekend, we continued our message series. Uh, now is the time talking about a different initiative this past week. And we kind of talked a little bit about, uh, we talked about groups. We talked about what we're doing with our fourth and fifth graders in those rooms. And so kind of to kick off our conversation today, talking about the message from Sunday, I, I want to talk about those f- fourth and fifth grade rooms. Like practically, what are we doing in those rooms, why it is important. What, what's the why behind the what? Yeah, so let's kind of pull back for a second, 30,000-foot perspective. Sure. So I graduated from high school in 1997. Okay. All right, so what year did you graduate high school? 02. 02. <laughs> 2008. 2008, all right. Yeah, yeah. So 
the reason why I asked that question is there was a rhythm. Again, I'm a church kid. So if you're listening and you did not grow up in church, that's cool. You know, that, that doesn't mean, you know, that's just your story. My story is I grew up in church. Right. And I actually liked it. So I enjoyed going to church. I enjoyed the church I went to. But if you look at ministry, let's say from the mid-80s to about 2000, um, there was kind of a season where this is how children's ministry looked at most churches. This is how student yeah, ministry yeah. looked at most churches. This is how college ministry looked at most churches. Yeah. And so now here we are, you know, 2023. Here's kind of my working theory based on a lot of observations made over a lot of period of years, all right? I think student ministry today looks a lot like what college ministry looked like in the early to mid-90s. Hmm. I think that, you know, they grew up a little faster. Mm -hmm. I think that they want to be connected with people relationally, and they want to have friends, and they're exploring their future. And I think that high schoolers think about that a lot more now than I did when I was in high school. You right. know? Mm -hmm. So I think then that uh, middle school ministry probably needs to look a little, bit, a little bit more like what high school ministry looked like in the past. You know, it used to be, let's give them all the tools they need in middle school ministry so now they can be a light for Jesus in high school ministry. And what I'm saying now is, no, they, they need to start being a light when they're in middle school ministry. Right. So if we keep following that line of thinking, when you get into the fourth and fifth grade, I, I would suggest that now we have to approach that a lot more like we approach student ministry in the early to mid-90s. Sure. Mm. So the fourth and fifth grade is now the season of life where... Uh, study after study is showing us their worldviews are being uh, shaped. Uh, the likelihood of them coming to faith in Jesus Christ diminishes immensely once they get past the fifth grade. So think about that. Wow. They, they are making decisions about a lot of different issues, whether it's transgenderism, whether it's mm. uh, can I trust God's word, is whether it's um, is there enough evidence for me to place my faith in Jesus Christ? These are questions fourth graders are asking. Wow. So what we want to make sure we're doing is not providing children's ministry that worked great in 1993. Right. We want children's ministry that's going to work great in 2023. And the best we can tell, that is to take God's Word, to center these kids around God's Word with people who care about them and help help facilitate through the power of the Holy Spirit discussions about how they can take the truth of God's word and apply it to their lives right now. Mm -hmm. That's how Colossians 2 happens, where it says to grow your roots down deep into your faith concerning Jesus Christ. And so the, the rooms, quite simply, are just the place where we're doing that. Right. If mm -hmm. we didn't have a facility, and I've worked at churches that didn't have facilities, you know, we, we rented facilities and we set up and we tore down on Sundays. Right. And so we're blessed. But the facility right. at the end of the day, it, it's just a resource. It's a tool. So sure. God's blessed us with this. We want to be good stewards of that. The fourth and fifth graders have outgrown the space that we had for them. So let's steward something else for them. And what it's going to allow practically is for those types of conversations to take place at a higher level. Hmm. If you've got enough space for for them where they can actually not be sitting all over each other like the video communicated. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's the likelihood of them paying attention, the likelihood of them connecting with one another, connecting with their leader, and connecting with God will increase. And then what you're ultimately going for is the life change that occurs outside of that time. That's right. Yeah. They're only here for 65 minutes, 70 minutes a week. So what we're trying to do in that time is set them up to walk with the Lord and be a light when they're not here with us. Right. So every minute counts. Right. And you can't waste any time. And so this space is going to allow us to accomplish all of those purposes to a much higher degree and really help set these fourth and fifth graders on the trajectory that they need to be on as they prepare for their middle school, junior high years, their right. high school years, right. and eventually if God provides off to college or if they decide to go somewhere else you know, in life. So this is 
this is really a part of our entire disciple-making process. Right. We've just focused in on one particular segment of it that there was a need when it came to space. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You know, <clears throat> I love, you know, how we always want to give next generation the best. We talk about that a lot. And I love how all ages, you know, get behind that. Do you think it speaks to those, you know, our students, our fourth and fifth graders, our, our you know, preschoolers, grade school, all, all that kind of stuff, when they walk in the stream and they say, man, like this has been such an investment, you know, into these rooms, into these facilities. Like, do you think that speaks to them to show them how much we care about them? I hope so. Yeah. I hope yeah. so. I mean, if they've only ever known Vaughn Forrest, that's probably, <laughs> right. you know, they probably take it a little bit for granted. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot, <clears throat> a lot of churches that don't have the space that we have that's dedicated to them. But, you know, I, I hope that they understand that we're, we're, yes, we're doing this for you, right? but we're also doing this for what we believe God wants to to do through you. That's right. Ultimately, yeah. you're not really the point. The point <laughs> right. is Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we think he Jesus wants to use you. Right. This space right. is going to help facilitate that. Yeah. But oh yeah, in a lot of churches the kids get the leftovers, they get shoved in a corner or, you know, they have to share a space with someone. And, and you know, sometimes that's just the way it has to that's be, right. you that's know. Right. Yeah. But we're blessed here and yeah, I do hope they feel special because again, you know, a lot of these kids um May be in different environments where sometimes they don't they don't always think that or feel right. that or know That's that. Right. And mm-hmm. So certainly we hope they experience that when they come to church. Well, they're certainly really cool spaces. They oh, have yeah. like shiplap on. Didn't you say they had? Shiplap? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 By God's grace, <laughs> Chip, <laughs> Chip, Chip, Chip and Joanna. Yeah, like, <laughs> Chip and brought, Joanna. Yeah, brought shiplap into the world. So, yeah. which have you ever read any of his books? Uh-uh. Oh, they're uh, fantastic. Capital Gains. Yeah, Capital really? Gains is yeah. good. There you yeah. go, Matthew. Yeah, really good book. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Would, yeah, if you're looking for a good book, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you like starting new things, uh, Chip Gaines' book, uh, Capital Gains. Capital Gains. Good, good read. Yeah. And he's funny, so yeah. it's a lot of entertaining stories. Talk about some entertaining stories. <laughs> he's, he, got some. he's got some good stories. Yeah. So what were we talking about? Sorry. Got uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, before we get on today's topic, because we're going to talk a lot about life groups, um, I think it'd be helpful to define the term life groups for those that you know may be unfamiliar with yeah, it. Yeah, so we see life groups as the way that we connect as a church family um, outside of our weekly worship gatherings. Mm. So we gather together in a large gathering. We currently do two services, you know, on on a Sunday. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who come to these larger gatherings, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we absolutely. think that's fantastic. Yeah. Right. Know, that's part of what it means to be a church family. There's power when we worship together, and when we sit under the teaching of God's word, and um, that's a huge part of our discipleship. But we also feel like what's important is that we gather together in smaller settings. And mm-hmm. so that's usually 10, 12, 15, if you're in the fourth or fifth grade, 35 people <laughs> who get together in a smaller setting where <laughs> relationships can be formed, friendships can be formed, accountability can be given, encouraged, all the things we talked about in the message. Mm-hmm. And so those happen a number of different ways at Vaughn Forest. We do have some groups that meet on our campus during the worship services. Mm-hmm. So right. sometimes groups are meeting at 930, sometimes they're meeting at 11. We have, I think, a few groups that meet even before that, early yeah. on Sunday yeah. mornings, right? Yeah. We have some groups that meet on Sunday nights, and then we have groups that meet throughout the week, some mm-hmm. in homes, some in different places throughout the community. And so uh, there's a number of different ways and places that happens, but at its most basic definition, it's a group of 12 to 15 people who gather once a week to study God's Word, grow in their faith, build friendships, and ultimately do all of those things in a way that hopefully mm-hmm. produce spiritual mm-hmm. growth. That's cool. Yeah, so now it's interesting you bring that up. You said that spiritual growth, you know, discipleship, maturing in our faith, you know, however you want to <clears throat> define that, you said that it can't happen absent 
relationships with other Christians. So I want to unpack that a bit because, you know, when I think about spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, I think about reading my Bible. I think about listening to sermons. I think about worship, you know, prayer, all that kind of stuff. Why is it that you say that we have to be in relationships with other Christians to grow spiritually? Yeah, the monks got it wrong. (laughs) So when they hightailed it out of town and lived on cliffs by themselves, that it's not exactly the call of Christianity. Now, if you study that historically, they were actually doing that almost more in a form of a protest against um, leadership that had gone astray. You know, so there's a whole different historical context to that. But to answer your question, maybe we can think about another question. End of the day, why do I read my Bible? Like, end of the day, like, why do I pray? Is it because, like, somebody said you should do this? Is it because I'm, you know, checking off a, a spiritual <clears throat> checklist that I right. somehow feel like that doing all this stuff is is, is going to make me godlier? If I do all this stuff, God's going to love me more? Like, why do I read my Bible? Why do I pray? Why, why do I encourage people to do those things? So let's unpack that for a second. Sure. First and foremost, the reason to do those things is, is to get God. Mm-hmm. Like that's about yeah. time. If the way you're reading God's word isn't getting you to God, you need to try a different approach. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if if the way you're praying isn't connecting you to Jesus, you might want to try a different approach. That there is something about being a Christ follower, a child of God, there's value in simply connecting with God at a deeper level. There's a lot of people who know about God, very few people know God. Hmm. That only happens when you spend time with him. Right. Mm-hmm. So there there is a dynamic there that is is relationship based. I want to spend time in God's word because I want to get to know God better. Right. God's ways are not my ways, but the more time I spend with God, the more I begin to understand his ways. Mm. So I want to spend time in prayer because foundationally, I just want to get closer to Jesus. I want to trust him more. I, I want to be more available to him. I want to begin to see people the way he sees them. And so there's a relational component to why I do these things. And there's a relational component to why I would encourage you, if you're listening, to doing these things. But then second to that, you're doing these things in a way where ultimately they are setting you up to do what God has placed you here on the earth to do, which is to be a light and accomplish his purposes. Hmm. So think about it this way. If if prayer and reading God's word were just tools. So I've got a tool belt and I got a screwdriver and a hammer and a saw. I don't know if a saw fits on a tool belt. That's probably not a good place to put a saw. <laughs> no, don't. So I don't know, replace that with a different tool. All right. So you got these tools. And all you ever do is walk around with a bunch of tools. Well, what are you really accomplishing if you never use the tools to build a house or to fix right. something or whatever, right. whatever, right? So spiritual disciplines also <clears throat> serve that purpose as well. Reading right. God's Word, mm-hmm. praying are equipping me to be used by God. Now, how am I going to be used by God? With people. It's a both and. I'm going to be used by God with people who are already brothers and sisters in Christ, and I'm going to be used by God with people who aren't. So some of these folks, I'm pointing to Jesus. The other ones, we're actually doing the one another thing together where we're helping one another grow in our faith. So if if you never get connected with other people, you're going to miss out on a large component of what spiritual growth looks like because Con- the context of spiritual growth is relationships with other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be comfortable saying you read God's word and you spend time in prayer so that God can use you with other people. I think foundationally you do those things to connect to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. But then That's I good. also think there is, it's a both and. Right. It's so yeah. that you could also be better equipped and prepared to do life with other believers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be a light to those who don't yet know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, one of the things we say here at Von Forest a lot is life is better connected. 
Um, and yesterday you talked about um, community is not just about being connected. So what do you mean by what did you mean yesterday by that? So the, the goal of yesterday's message was to speak specifically to Christians. Okay. okay. So, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't do that all the time, but there are messages where it's very clear who, mm-hmm. who the intended audience sure. is. Yeah. So I'm talking to people who have been rescued, redeemed, saved by the blood of the Lamb, and helping them understand spiritual transformation, sanctification. Mm-hmm. This is for all Christians in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It happens in the context of relationships. Right. Yeah. Groups will provide these types of relationships. So the point of being in a group isn't that you just have fun. It isn't. Mm-hmm. that you just experience community. It's not that you're just connected. It's right. that you actually grow mm-hmm. through those relationships. Now, when we say life is better connected at Vaughn Forest Church, I'm throwing that message out for everybody. Gotcha. That, that's not just for Christians. Like, okay. if you yeah. live in the River Region, yeah. here's what I need you to know. Your life is better connected to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God did not create you to live in isolation. And, and part of the DNA of our church is you don't have to believe before you can belong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was growing up, a lot of churches said, believe, belong, become. Believe, belong, become. Here's what I would say Vaughn Forrest looks like. Oh, no, no, you can belong here before you believe. Mm -hmm. You can belong here long before you believe. In Mm -hmm. fact, the belonging is probably what will eventually lead you to the believing. So life is better connected. And and what we exist to do here at Vaughn Forrest is is try as much as possible to live out what the book of Acts demonstrated. So Mm -hmm. here's what's really interesting about Koinonia Fellowship in the New Testament. It says that while they were doing these things with one another, God added to their number daily those Mm -hmm. who were being saved. Right. right. So they were experiencing this type of fellowship in a way that was very welcoming and opening to those who didn't believe like right. them. Right. Yeah. They yeah, did yeah. it in such a way that those folks were motivated to start believing like mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So when we say life is better connected, that's really more of what we're going for. It's an mm-hmm. all-encompassing statement for everybody from all walks of life. Now, once you cross the line of faith, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is you're going to grow in the context of relationships with other believers. Believers, do you have that in your life? Yeah. A lot of us have other believers in our life, but they're not necessarily the type of relationships that are actually producing spiritual growth. And that's really what I was going after okay. in the message. Gotcha. That's good. So you uh you you listed seven different commitments that kind of help facilitate growth when we're in a life group. And I'm not gonna list them all, but I, I want to go through over some of these and maybe, you know, when I list it, you can give us some commentary on them and why they're important. So uh one of the ones you, you said that we need to be consistent, not sporadic. Yeah. Online doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, can I say that? I mean, are we are we good enough now that we're on the other side of the pan- pandemic? Yeah. It doesn't count. We, we got into this, you know, uh, world where we had to do something for a really short season. Right. And we all did it. And that's fine. But unfortunately, what happened for some is it created the it created the expectation that continuing to do that was going to be the same as being together with God's people. Right. Mm-hmm. On what planet? Right. I mean, we were created for one another. And I don't know if y'all remember this. In August of 2020, I did a sermon series. In hindsight, I'm like, I can't believe you did this. In August of 2020, <laughs> I did a sermon series that it said social distancing, and we had the word distancing crossed out, yeah. and above uh-huh. it, it said connection, yeah. social yeah. connection. So I was saying in August of 2020, hey, this whole social distancing thing, right. what are we doing? Right. I understood safety. I understood courtesy. I understood being careful. But the goal of the church has never been to keep people safe. 
I mean, try telling that to brothers and sisters in Christ that live in other countries where it's illegal to be a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. They would look at us and go, what would you mean? Being a Christian, the, the, my, my most important thing is to be safe? Like, what are we talking about? <clears throat> so this idea that, like, I can do this Christian life the way the New Testament encourages me to do it. Now, you don't have to do anything. Jesus already did all that for you on the cross. But right. if you want to be obedient and grow in your faith, you can't do <clears throat> that absent from relationships with other people. Right. Now, once you get into those relationships, you also then have to be consistent, which requires planning. It requires intentionality. It requires putting it on a schedule. It requires showing up. All of the things Mm -hmm. that we understand consistency to be with every other area of our life. I made the joke about joining a gym in January (laughs) and only going twice. Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. If you only go twice, not going to give you the results you're looking for. Right. You, You join a life group and you only go twice. In a semester, not going to give you the results you're looking for. You call Vaughn Forest, your church home, you show up here once a month, you're not going to grow in your faith to the extent you could if you were here more frequently. Right. Mm-hmm. Part of growing in your faith is just simply <clears throat> being in the places God has provided for you to be that will help facilitate spiritual growth. I mean, I'm pretty basic, but if you come to church every week and you go to group every week and you find somewhere to serve, I bet you'll grow. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you'll yeah, grow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Call me old fashioned. I bet you'll grow. <laughs> So that's what I mean. You got to be consistent. Now, is that enough commentary for that one? No, I mean, all right. So let's no, keep going. I, 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 I'm, I'm getting myself in trouble might increase with each one of these. Go to the right? next one. Hurry, Chad. Uh, so you said that we need to be real and not fake. All right. Let's do that. So uh, <laughs> what do you really think about me, yeah. Chad? Yeah. I mean, look. Oh, my gosh. The world's better at this one than we are. Okay. Oh, my gosh. The world is so much better at this than we are. Hmm. It's like once you become a Christian and you're around other Christians, it's like how can we all keep up this front that we're actually really godly and we're doing all the stuff that we think we're supposed to be doing? Right. Come on. So if you get in a group and everybody plays that game, it's not going to produce any spiritual growth. Now, again, you got to be appropriate. You know, don't turn it into Dr. Phil, but, you know, or Jerry Springer back in the day, you know, <laughs> yeah. do that. Throw, throw some like, chairs. Be real. Yeah. What yeah. is going on in your life? Be honest. The, the moment you begin to become honest and real and authentic is the moment that breakthrough and growth and all the things can start to happen. But right. until you do that, and that's not something anybody else can do for you. Mm-hmm. We can structure groups. We can recruit leaders. We can train leaders. We, can, we can't make you be real. Yeah, You have to be yeah, real. Right. So if you're not bringing that <clears throat> to the table, then you're not going to grow in your faith. And it's not easy. And we right. all have pride. And none of us want to admit that we've messed up. I mean, mm-hmm. I just messed up the other night. I overreacted. I overreacted to Sam and Jacob. And, you know, I asked them to do something and they didn't do it. And I just had it, man. I'm, and I literally looked at Morgan and I was like, would you have, I mean, when you and I were growing up, what would our fathers have done <laughs> if, if we, and, and so I did that whole thing, right? Yeah. The whole self-pity thing. But I overreacted with them and, you know, and I went to bed and I, I was just, I'm tired. And, and so the next morning I woke up, it was the first thing, like, before I can get out of the bed, the Lord's already convicting me. Mm. So I'm like, what are you going to do about it? You know, yeah. I don't want to be real. I don't want to share this on the podcast, but like, here's the real truth. Your pastor messed up and he overreacted yeah. with his kids. What am I going to do about it? Right. Well, I'm dad. Children should obey their parents. This is right in the eyes of the Lord. No, I, I went in and said, hey, y'all come here for a second. Dad overreacted last night. Yep. You know, I'm sorry. We all forgive me. You know, that's what I mean. Like, 
I had to be real with them. Right. I didn't want to be real with them. I wanted to stand my ground yeah. as dad, but yeah. like I, I'd messed up. The Holy Spirit convicted me, yeah. and I had a choice to make. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. Like if, if if you can't be real with the people who you're around, like you, you're not you're not going to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. If I had not been real, that situation would not have produced any growth. But because I was real and the conviction and all the things that happened, next time yeah. I'll probably be a little more careful. Right. You know? right. I'm not right. saying I'm going to be perfect, but that experience is not going to serve me because. Because there was some authenticity that went right, to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could give you a bunch of examples where I haven't always done that. And so could you if you're listening. But yeah. but the point is, you've got to be honest and authentic about what's really happening in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the other side of that coin, you know, you, you talk about like being honest about areas we've messed up in all that stuff. But like, <clears throat> this is something I think the pandemic has actually helped us with is being honest about the struggles that we have hmm. when we're hurting, when we need support from others. I mean, one thing that I feel like the pandemic did was it normalized uh, talking about mental health and some things along yeah. those lines. And so I think also along with this, be real about our struggles, like be real about the things that are hurting you and the, and the things that you've been through. Yeah. So yep. I think I think that's really that's good. That's exactly right. All right, so this one, this one you said was one of your favorite ones. You said, <laughs> be honest, not nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... If you build trust with folks, you you should be able to help them when you see things they need help with. Yeah. And you should be receptive when others try to do that for you as well. And and the example I used was blind spots. Yeah. So blind spots by definition, we don't see them. Right. Someone else has to point them out to us. And if someone in your group lovingly, not in a group, but maybe offline, you know, over coffee or over lunch, says, Hey man, you know may just be me, no judgment here, but here's an observation I've made. And that's how you point out a blind spot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Here's an observation I've made. And then you lovingly point that out. And they receive that well, they're going to grow from that. Mm. They're, you're gonna, they're gonna grow from that. Here's a here's a remarkable thought. Part of growing in your discipleship should make you a better employee, a better boss, a better spouse, mm-hmm. a better student, a better contributor to society. Right. right. Because there will be more of Galatians, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, in your life. Yeah. Because you're actually growing. Well, how does that happen? Well, it happens because somebody points this out. None of us are going to just grow in the state we're in. Right. Do you know what produces growth? Discomfort. Do you know what produces growth? Stress. Yeah. I mean, again, to use my gym analogy, if I go to the gym and I leave comfortable, I didn't do what I was supposed right. to do. Yeah, yeah. So growth occurs from discomfort, That's sometimes right. a little bit of discomfort, an uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. Somebody calling out your stuff yeah. can be helpful. Now, do you have people in your life that have permission to do that? And if you don't, I'm just telling you right now, you are not maturing spiritually to the degree that God would have you, and it's affecting the people around you, Mm -hmm. and they all know it. Yeah. So, you know, that's why every wife wants to get her husband in a group with a bunch of other men. <laughs> you know? Cuz maybe one of them will get through this, you know, he's he's so stubborn, he's so prideful, he won't listen to me. And, you know, ladies, you know, honestly, you trying to be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life rarely works out well. That's right. So, that's probably not the best role for you to take, but yeah, encourage him to get into a group with some other men who can help him or you get into a group with other couples who can help you. But, you know, when two spouses try to provide that for one another, it usually ends in, in a lot of <laughs> arguing and fighting. The role of, of two spouses is to lovingly encourage one another as we try to take these steps. Right. But a spouse doesn't need the other spouse to be the usually the one to, to be the right. teacher or to be the pointing out. Yeah, the thing. Probably because it me, comes across harsh. Right? You know, yeah. honey, I don't know if you've known this and <laughs> seen this, but I've observed a few blind spots. Well, you're probably going to sleep uh, on the couch. Right? So, yeah. It's like, so yeah, do you have folks, you know, and that requires a level of honesty that can push through surface level right. being nice. Yeah. Right. 
we have not called we are not called to be nice. Right. It's mm-hmm. literally not in the New Testament. Right. Praise God. There's a lot of other things that we're called to do, and there's a lot of other things we're told to be. Right. That's mm-hmm. not one of them. And sometimes yeah. in our efforts to just not step on toes, not hurt anybody's feelings, not rock right. the boat, <clears throat> nobody grows. Right. <laughs> Nothing advances. It's like, what are we doing? Like we're even here. Like we could all be doing something else. You know, like let's get real right. and let's actually be honest and let's produce spiritual growth and let's advance the kingdom. But mm-hmm. that's going to require some honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things I think I hear you saying also is that requires depth of relationship. And you have to have spent time with that person, know that that person loves you, know that that person wants what's best for you. Because, you know, if some random person comes up to me and goes, hey, man, let me tell you your blind spot. I'm going to be like, <laughs> I don't think so. But, you know, if you or Matt or one of my other friends there. comes and talks to me, then I go, okay, I know Adam loves me. I know he wants what's best for me. I know Matt loves me, wants what's best for me. And so I'm going to I'm gonna receive that, you know, I think a lot easier other, than otherwise. Yeah, but, and that's why, you know, I'm, I am not against content-driven, you know, discipleship opportunities. Someone sits in a Bible study. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I teach classes from time to time, you know, and, and, and so I, but if you sit in a class and take notes and never get to know the people in the class, this won't happen. That's now right. you might learn some things that are helpful and that's totally yeah, fine. That's great. Yeah. But sometimes people have, and I've sat in a Sunday school class, for, I've been in the same Sunday school class for the last 30 years, but they've never had a conversation about blind spots. Mm. Wow. So I'm saying, well, how much spiritual growth really happened? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you've got to put yourself out there, and you're 100% right with people that you get to know. Mm. This can't happen in, in our corporate worship gatherings. Right. Now, <laughs> it can happen to a degree with teams that you serve on. Right. We're yeah. having a conversation about life groups, but this same principle holds we're on your production team or right. worship team that's or right. children's ministry team. That yeah. as you get to know other brothers and sisters in Christ, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. hopefully done in love and done the right way can can be can be part of your spiritual growth. That's right. good. All right, the last one I want to talk about, you said that we need to be unified, not divided. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to say something in your group you don't like. They're going to make a political statement, you know? <laughs> I could think of so many things to say right now. You know, they're, they're going to say something uh, theologically inaccurate. They're going to have a differing view on a particular issue in Scripture. Sure. And everything in you is going to want to be like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. And and what I'm simply saying is stay focused on who unifies us. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And always bring it back to Jesus. And always bring it back to the unity that's provided in Jesus. And then recognize yeah, you know what? We can actually vote differently and see things differently, right. but we're unified through Jesus Christ. Now, I have a whole lot of thoughts on that. Um, I think that the further we march along in society, the more of an issue I'm beginning to have with that personally. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast or not, but for every Democrat in the House of Representatives to vote against legislation that would seek to keep a child alive that was a failed abortion, that they are sanctioning murder. So if you vote Democrat, that's what you're supporting. So I say that on a podcast. Nobody can argue with me right now. Now, somebody just ran the car off the vehicle because <laughs> I ran the ro- car off the road because I can't believe our pastor just said that. That's what's happening in our world right now. Yeah. So you got to know what's happening in our world. So if somebody in your group says, and like, I'm a staunch Democrat and I support all things Democrat, everything in you is going to want to like go, wait a second, do you understand like what you're supporting? And here's what I'm suggesting. You're going to have to die to that. Mm-hmm. 
know what's happening. I just told you what's happening as right. your pastor. I want you to know what's happening. But if someone in your group starts, you know, here's what I'm saying. For the good of the group, bring the conversation back to Jesus. Right. Yeah. Be like, you know what? That That's probably a good thing for us to discuss at another time. But for right now, we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to keep the conversation focused mm-hmm. on Jesus. And we're not going to really talk about politics in our group. There are some things we need to be aware of that's happening sure. in our world. But yeah. the focus of our, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The mm-hmm. enemy will use anything he can to create division and to try to divide people. And so right. what, what you want to do in, a, in the context of a group is keep that from happening. Right. Different yeah. parenting styles. Someone says, you know, well, we don't believe you should ever spank your kids. And someone else in the group says, well, to spare the rod, to spoil the child. Right, so here right, we right. go, throw it down. Now you got an argument about whether or not you're spanking. Right. That's all. There's a right. number of different things yeah. Christians could argue and fight about. Mm-hmm. And I'm simply saying, set that stuff aside. Right. Stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on how we can help grow one another's faith. So Man. unity without conformity. Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. That's good. That's so good. Um, okay, well, so how do we incorporate groups on all levels, all ages at Vaughn Forest. Um, is that just an adult thing, or does it go beyond that? No, the kids' ministry, the student ministry, they are set up to leverage the teaching time for the group time. Mm-hmm. So content is going to be presented from God's Word. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we have to let the truth of God's Word drive everything. Right. But then how do you disseminate that truth and apply that truth? The context of a discussion, again, with an adult leader mm-hmm. who knows more about the Bible, who's spiritually mature, yep. can help guide these kids at an age-appropriate level, guide teenagers at an age-appropriate <clears throat> level right. on how to put it into practice. And so if you're an adult and you just come to a worship service on Sunday and you don't add this, you're missing out on what our kids and teenagers are already getting. Right. So right. we're encouraging yeah. you to find a way to do the same. Now, it may not be discussing the content of the message. It might be discussing the content of, a, of another particular study. Right. There's yeah. lots of yeah. options people can choose from. But um, yes, we, we see this as um, a key way that we try to go about making disciples of on forest. And so we do it across the board. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about some different ways that uh, adults can get connected to groups because we launched a group sign up for our spring semester this past week. Let's talk through some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're posted on the <laughs> website. Yep. We have catalogs on Sundays. We've got a group info table. If you've got specific <laughs> questions, you know, just find a group that's uh, convenient for you. Maybe it's close to where you live or close to where you work or it works for your schedule yeah. or mm-hmm. this or that, the other. You, if you already know you're not going to be there some weeks, that's okay. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons people tell me they don't sign up for a group. They're <laughs> like, well, I know I'm not going to be able to make it every week. Well, no worries. We don't take attendance <laughs> yeah, anyway. Right, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, so perfect good. attendance isn't required. Um, but give it a shot. One of the things I like about our groups is they only last for 12 weeks. And so you're not signing your life away. You're right. not going to be in this group till Jesus comes back. If right. you get in this group with people you don't like, you can deal with it for 10 weeks and then get out. You know, so <laughs> th- there's, I mean, there's a lot of different things like, you know, just get in it, give it a shot, see how it goes. Right. And, um, and then, you know, before you know it, it's going to be summer, believe yep. it or not, you yeah. know? So I just think that the next three or four months are going to roll off the calendar, whether you grow or not. That's right. Yeah. So you might as well put yourself in a position to mm-hmm. experience spiritual growth instead of not taking that step. I just don't yeah. see a downside to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. good. So yeah. uh, on the weekend, on our website, folks can get mm-hmm. connected to those groups. So I don't want to give too much away, but this Sunday is a big Sunday at Vaughn Forest Church. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what's coming up? Yeah, I just kind of <laughs> gave a little bit of preview with my my uh, my commentary on what happened recently in our in our House of Representatives. But sure. this Sunday is Sanctity of Life Sunday. That's it's right. the first Sanctity of Life Sunday 
um, since Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And so we're, we're really making a big deal about that this Sunday. We've got different organizations um, that we partner with here mm-hmm. in the River Region. And maybe you're new to Vaughn Forest. It's important to point this out. We've we've always partnered with these right. ministries. Mm-hmm. Right. So 2023 is an opportunity f- for us to up our financial commitments and really begin to partner to a greater degree in this new reality. Right. Right. What is it? What are the implications of Roe versus Wade being overturned? And so we're leaning heavily on them. They're on yeah. the front mm-hmm. lines of this, and so they're going to be here on our campus. They're right. going to be set up in the lobby. Right. Um, you're going to have an op- You're going to bring them up on the stage, yep. so everybody mm-hmm. can kind of put a face with a name and and see that and then obviously um i think you spent some time with them outside of church yeah. interviewing yes. them yeah yeah we're going to show that yep. um video so our folks can kind of hear from them as well it, it, it's it's amazing the things they have to say yeah, really. yeah. and then i'm going to be preaching a message that really just kind of gets at the heart of like why does this matter right. like why why do we feel like that the rights of an unborn child matter, and and why is that something that is not a political <clears throat> issue for us? And the statement I made earlier was not a political statement; it was a statement of reality of what's happening right. in our country, mm-hmm. because this is a gospel issue. And, and and part of what's happened, in my opinion, since 1972, 71, when Roe versus Wade—I may be getting the year wrong—was passed, was over time, Christians <clears throat> allowed this issue to be taken from us. And relegated into the realm of politics. Right. This was never a political issue. This was always an issue of gospel. This was always an issue of biblical truth. This was always an issue for God's people to take up because of what God's word says. Right. And then somewhere along the way, it, it became quote unquote political. And then what happened then is somewhere along the way, churches felt like, well, we can't talk politics. So churches stop talking about right. it. And what I'm trying to say is no, like it's not political and we can't let the world take our narrative from us. And here's our narrative. God created everyone mm-hmm. in his image. Mm. So everyone is an image bearer of God and someone has to speak up for the rights of the unborn. And so we feel that that is incumbent upon us. And again, we're in a new reality now. And so we're going to spend an entire Sunday talking about that. So um, I think it's going to be a really good Sunday to be on our campus, to actually see these folks, learn more about these ministries, see some opportunities about how maybe you could be involved with these ministries, and maybe even God may begin to lead you to take some next steps that you didn't see coming when it comes to how He wants you to be a part of the solution when it comes to this. That's going to be great. So that's 9.30 and 11 o'clock this Sunday on campus, and then if you're traveling for some reason, you can't be here, maybe you're sick, uh, always online at VaughnForest.com. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a really exciting Sunday. Looking forward to all that God's going to do. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Other Six Podcast. Gentlemen, I've really enjoyed this conversation and we appreciate you uh, for listening in, watching today. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan and myself, we will see you next time. <laughs>